Welcome to the Self-Publishing School Podcast. This is the podcast to listen to if you're an aspiring writer or an author who wants to be more successful. On this show, you'll learn how to write and launch a book successfully, all from the top authors and people just like you who are doing it at the highest level. I'm your host, Chandler Volt, the founder of Self-Publishing School, the author of the book called Published, and the CEO of selfpublishing.com. For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Hey, Chandler Bolt here, and joining me today is Chris Ducker. Um, Chris Ducker is a serial entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and author of two best-selling books. Uh, we got his first book, traditionally published, uh, called Virtual Freedom, uh, and second book, uh, self-published, called uh, The Rise of the Youpreneur. Um, he's, he's known as the virtual CEO and regarded as the number one authority on the subject of virtual staffing and personal outsourcing. You may have heard of his company, uh, Virtual Staff Finder. Um, today, we're going to be talking about using a book to build your personal brand. We'll talk a little bit traditional versus self-publishing, obviously, since he has experience in both, uh, and using a book to grow a business because he's really, really, really good at that. Um, so, Chris, welcome. Great to have you. Yes, it's fantastic to be here, sir. So, hey, I want to start like, you know, obviously we've had a conversation before, which some people may have seen, not a ton of people have probably seen it because this was way back, I think 2015 as part of when I did the Self-Publishing Success Summit. So I was digging up and I like I had all these past notes and all this stuff, um, but I want to recap some of those things. So, um, but then really build on that. So why did you write your first book? uh, And then why did you write your second book? and, and, And how do you see these books kind of fitting into your overall business, your ecosystem? Because from what I can tell, it seems like you're very intentional. It's like, okay, this book goes to feed this business. This book goes to kind of claim this concept and feed the business here. Like, how, how, do you, how does all that work for you and why books? Yeah, you're bang on the money. Uh, I, I think, you know, for me, I believe that a book is probably one of the easiest and most important expert positioning strategies that anybody wanting to build a business based around their experience and their expertise should act on, plain and simple. It's one of the first things that I work on with any of my coaching clients. You've got to get a book out. And regardless of whether they just want to build that, that status as a leader in the industry or whether they want to land speaking gigs or whether they want to sell online courses or if they want to coach and consult, you know, whatever it is, the book is a very, very stable part of that diet as far as I'm concerned. Now, the first book, Virtual Freedom, which was traditionally published, came about actually um, kind of not, I'm not going to say by mistake, but certainly out of the blue. Because at the time I'd been in the outsourcing industry, I don't know at the point, maybe like seven, eight years, something like that, uh, had um, two companies. The first one was a large call center facility outsourced in the Philippines, uh, 350 or so employees still have that company. I still own and operate that business, although I don't have anything to do with the day-to-day on it. And then we had Virtual Staff Finder, which at the time was a couple of years old. It's just hit 10 years actually this month, which is crazy um, how, how quickly a decade of business has gone by. But um, we'd had it in place by like two, two and a half years or so at the time. And it was just before Christmas in December of 2012, where I got this just random email out of the blue by a publisher in the United States saying, we want to do a book with you. Now, um, 
at that point, I'd already, I've always kind of said to myself, oh, yeah, I should really write a book on this because, you know, Tim Ferriss did a pretty good job at bringing the whole VA thing into the fray for the average entrepreneur out there. But there aren't really any other books out there that really dive deep on it properly. And I was right there, man. I mean, I had my feet on the ground in probably one of the biggest outsourcing hotspots in the entire world, right? Um, so it was always there for a little while, but then this, this offer came along. Now, I didn't go with that offer, but I did find an agent in early 2013. Mm, we put together a proposal. Yeah. We sent that out to 16 uh, publishing houses, actually, in the United States. We had four offers on the book, which blew me away, uh, particularly when I found out that the four-hour work week got turned down like 20 plus times or something, right? So I was like, why am I getting four offers here? Like, this is crazy. And so we ended up picking one particular publisher who um, kind of just got the project. Wasn't the biggest advance, I want to say. So this wasn't a money grab scenario for me, but they got the project. They got the message behind the book. They got the importance and who we were writing it for. And so um, the book then and that's why you was, went with them because they understood. And that's why book. I went, yes, yeah. I went with them specifically. It wasn't a lot less than the top offer. It was offer number two. It wasn't a lot less, but it was mm. less nonetheless. nonetheless. And so I, um, I went with them. I signed with them. I would say right at the beginning of pretty much like quarter one of 2013 and the book came out quarter two, 2014. Right. Okay. So uh, yep. yeah, a little over a year all in, but I mean, you know, a lot of the book That's was already clear. written. A lot yeah. of the book was already written. That was the thing. Like I've been writing on this subject for at that point, three years on my blog and all the rest of it. So yes, I took a lot of content that I'd already created and refashioned it so that it flowed properly in a book format. Um, and I'd say probably about 35% of virtual freedom was written even before I signed the deal to write the book, right? So it was just a matter of filling in the blanks and kind of adopting other positions wow. that I wanted to kind of put in and everything. So that was kind of the first book. And then, um, you know, with Rise of the Youpreneur, uh, I made a pivot in uh, 2014, 25, late 2014, early 2015, and started uh, coaching people and consulting with with you know, see execs and, and people like that on their personal brands and the reputation building and things like that. And um, that was where Youpreneur was born. But this time around, I wanted the book to come out a lot faster. I wanted to really utilize it as the lead gen tool that it has become rather than worry about kind of just marketing a book and getting mm. royalties. I didn't really care so much about that. I wanted it to be the first kind of door swinging open to youpreneur.com as a business, as a brand. And so we got that to uh, market a lot quicker and uh, actually gave out a free copy to everybody at the Youpreneur Summit, which is our conference, which we run every year in November in London. And uh, the first summit was 2017. And uh, yeah, we gave everybody a copy and we did a big signing session and a big party and champagne and somebody dressed up like Austin Powers and it was fantastic. <laughs> it was not me. It was not me. I just want to clarify that. <laughs> hey, so I, I remember last time we talked about, um, you know, after the, the publishing of Virtual Freedom as a book, 
um, how, you know, part, I mean, I'm sure the book helped with that. I'm sure there were a lot of other market factors as well, but how kind of after that you doubled the business over the next six months. Um, yes. and, and then off kind of the back of that book, the methodology, the content marketing, all that, um, you use that to grow your business. to a little over 300 plus employees, how'd you do that? And, and kind of more specifically, like, let's talk virtual freedom for just a second. Like how, so how do you view that book? And then as a business, you know, lead sales referral driver for your business, that's the kind of three big buckets that we always talk about. And then how specifically did you use that book kind of in the funnel to increase leads and sales? Well, the funny thing is, is that, I mean, I knew as a direct result of getting that book out into the world that we were going to get more business. That was just a given. I just knew it. In my, in, and you know what? Like, I've been an entrepreneur a long time. Even at that point, I was already eight years or whatever in. I knew it in my gut that this was going to bring in business, period. So for me, it was about really actually just putting all of that experience into one volume and having it truly as kind of like the definitive guide. There wasn't going to be a part two, like I was putting everything into it, right? Fast forward all these years by now, um, you know, we got well over a thousand five-star reviews on Amazon. Um, the book continues to sell month after month, quarter after quarter. Um, and, you know, every, every quarter I get a royalty check and I'm like, damn, we sold that many copies. You know, I'm, I'm quite surprised because it's quite an old book now. It's like six, seven years in, right? So um, it's right there. It's at the beginning of everything that we do from a lead gen perspective for Virtual Star Finder. We don't give virtual freedom away for free, uh, but we do pitch it as a great starting point for anybody that wants to learn how to work with virtual staff uh, and to learn how to kind of run, support, and grow mm. their business utilizing a virtual team. And so we know when someone buys the book, they genuinely actually purchased it, right? We haven't gifted it to them. They've already got a little bit of skin in the game. It's almost like, you know, the, the online marketing term, a tripwire product of some variety where you get that kind of easy 10 bucks out of somebody to kind of get them warmed up. Um, and I'm not a big fan of that as a term, the tripwire, it sounds a bit negative, but I totally agree with qualifying a prospective customer. Um, right. And so that's what virtual freedom does. It qualifies our prospects properly. Um, and uh, once they pick up the book and they realize that, oh my God, this is amazing, but wait a minute, I got to go through all of this to find my VA. It's a lot of work. Some people are happy to do it on their own. Some people are more happier to pay for it, to be done by somebody else. And that's where we've been able to grow that business. And to give you a, a snapshot, when the book came out in 2014, we've been going four years. We had about, I think, just over 2,000 virtual assistants hired via Virtual Star Finder at the time. We fast forward now in 2020, uh, and we're, we're, we're just about to eclipse, I believe, 9,000 VAs hired. So it's definitely played a part in building the business, without a doubt. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, and, and so I, I love what you're saying. I mean, it's just like what most people would say is a tripwire. I, I always say it's like it's, you're starting the conversation. Which is, which is helpful in a lot of different ways. From a sales perspective, it's like, it sounds like those were some of the hottest prospects, hottest leads and people who are raising their hand like, hey, I'm definitely interested. But then also, it sounds like it also played a part in, and this is, what I, this is one of my favorite things about, uh, about using books as an as a entry point for your business, is 
you're already onboarding your customers before they've even become customers. So the admin time, and I'm sure a lot of the folks who read the book were some of the easiest customers to work with. Hands down, already, <laughs> without a doubt. Yeah, because yeah, they already understand the process. They already understand your methodology. They, they're kind of almost self-guiding through that and knowing what's to come. You're preventing questions, hurdles, people that disagree totally. with that methodology totally. and gladly exited the process. Yeah, yeah and, and not only that, but 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 inside of inside of the pages of the book itself, actually, it's not an all singing, all dancing manual to working with, you know, virtual assistants in the Philippines. Yes. Like, there's an entire yeah. section of the book that says, actually, sometimes it's better to keep things closer to home. And we talk about yeah. you know hiring mm, people great. on your yeah. own soil and handling you know building a remote team, but not on the other side of the world. So we know. If somebody says, hey, I'm interested in hiring virtual staff finder and I've read Virtual Freedom by Chris Ducker, we know they're already in. Like it's just yes. a matter of like click the damn button and let's get going kind of thing. We don't need to convince them all that much at all at that point. Mm, and that's not, you know, yeah. that's not the whole MLP thing at work or anything. It's clearly what you set out just a minute ago by saying, look, you've answered questions. You've overcome any particular objections on you know, trust or how you would work with them, how you would train them, how would you give them tasks? Because we covered it all in the book and it just works beautifully. It's, mm. it's, it's a $20 business card is what it is. It's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, think, I think what you keyed in on there is super important. Is it's a $20 business card that's not just a sales pitch for your company. Because oh. sure, is virtual staff finder featured and, and using examples and things like that? Absolutely. But you're giving yeah. people objective as objective as possible, third-party information about here yes. are the options, and we are one of those options. <laughs> um, and I think that builds trust. And then also, as you said, it's when people self-select like, hey, I'm interested, you know that they've considered the other options, and they're with you for the long haul, <laughs> and they know, what, they know what the options are, and they're saying, yeah, you're great, and I want to work with you guys. And I think that's just amazing from a starting point. Let's switch gears a little bit. I, I want to touch on traditionally published versus self-published, kind of why the switch. Sure. Um, but first, like maybe from a mentality perspective, so Rise of Youpreneur, you said you did a pivot uh, of the business in 2014. It sounds like you started, um, you know, doing the Youpreneur Summits. The book came out in February of 2018. You had the big launch party at the Youpreneur Summit in uh, October of 2017. So kind of timelining. Um, yep. And so the book was a big part of the pivot. How, so this is a self-published book. How does this book fit in kind of the same thing? Is it, is it similar? Like, is it the starting point for a lot of people getting into that ecosystem or how does the book drive lead sales and referrals? It's almost identical to a certain degree. Although I will say that I feel like Rise of the Youpreneur is a little more of an aspirational type book rather than a how-to manual. Virtual Freedom is definitely, you know, fill in column A, fill in column B, and here's your roadmap to work with virtual staff kind of thing. With Rise of the Youpreneur, it's, you know, how to position yourself as a leader in your industry based on your experience, based on your expertise. Um, you know, we, we cut the book up into three main uh, sections of building, marketing, and monetizing that type of business. So, you know, I've, I've even been on, you know, interviews and webinars before and whatnot. Where I said, look, you know what, if you've been building your personal brand, if you've got chandlerbolt.com and you blogging on there for the best part of a year or something once or twice. We're like, you skip the building. Like just don't even read the first 75 pages. It's pointless. It's a waste of your time. 
just move on from that and get to the stuff that you really need to get to right now. Whereas I think virtual freedom, you kind of have to read it cover to cover to truly get it properly, right? Um, to it. make sure you don't trip yourself up. Um, but with Rise, it, it's almost identical in terms of, you know, it's a lead gen tool. It's also a bit of a call to action in regards to just the uh, overall yeah. movement mm -hmm. of building the business of you, as I call it. So that personal brand, entrepreneurial business model. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've had so many people reach out with that book uh, and say, you know, I didn't even know that this was a thing mm -hmm. until I got this. Like, I, yeah. I have no idea that I could monetize 20 years in the finance game and, you know, I've finally flip my boss the bird and like set up <laughs> on my own. Like, I had no idea I could even really truly do this. You make it sound so doable, like so so easily gettable and the fact is actually it really is the only difference between those that get it and will never get it is just good old-fashioned elbow grease hard work that's simple mm -hmm. yeah that's great uh, and, and, and it kind of seems like with that book as well and i think this is so i love the differentiation between a how-to step-by-step guide and a kind of uh aspirational um vision casting kind of idea uh, base book. And I think both have their place. And, and I, I would yeah. imagine as well, this was kind of you stamping your flag on a concept of totally word youpreneur. Was that kind of a big and part I mean, of it as yeah, well? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And, and that was, you know, alongside the youpreneur summit as well, those two things happening basically around the same time, give or take a few weeks, literally. Right. right. Um, you know, youpreneur is a, is a term that I coined personally. And so it's not only, you know, I feel like it's kind of hard to a certain degree. I mean, everybody gets the preneur part of it, but it's the you part that you've got to explain a little bit more. Um, and I think when you've created a new term that people haven't heard before, you've got to work even harder to get your point across, right? Um, it's, you know, I, I could have called it, you know, the personal brand profit system handbook or something. It's the same thing, but I wouldn't have been able to say, you know, this is me, right. this is what I'm doing. And this is why I put myself on the cover as well. I was even 50-50 as to whether I even do that or not do, to be honest. And we actually had covers designed from a graphical perspective, like we do with Virtual Freedom, along with, uh, you know, the, the photo, the portrait shot of me as well. And actually, it was, it was Lewis, who, Lewis Howes, who wrote the foreword for Rise of the Youpreneur. Um, and, uh, you know, I said, like, you know, what do I do, bro? <laughs> you gotta, cause you're on the front cover of both of your books. Like you gotta give me a bit of an idea here. Like, you know, do I need to do it? Or is it, you said, well, you don't need to. The question is, should you? And then we kind of just went back and forth for about, I don't know, a day and a half on texts and FaceTimes and stuff. And then, um, eventually I decided to go ahead and put my ugly mug on the cover, hoping <laughs> desperately, praying <laughs> desperately that it wouldn't hurt sales. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Chandler Bolt here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. All right, so if you've learned something, we want to help you implement what you've learned with your book. So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book, your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan. All right, so go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help 
with your book, it's time to implement. And that's what, so we obviously, I mean, I think last time actually you and I talked interviewing on your podcast, um, I was yes. about to talk to Lewis uh, an hour later to interview him for oh, the right. Publishing yeah, yeah, School yeah. podcast. And you mentioned that about, you know, should I put your cover uh, or sh should you put your face on the cover or not? And so I actually asked him about that in that interview. And I thought something that was interesting is it, I feel like you guys have very similar um, methodology or like way of thinking and, 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 and he's super focused on the personal brand. And he talks yeah. about differentiating yeah. a personal brand by having really good photography and how that's something that kind of, he's always absolutely. Been and about. he, yeah, he's, I've actually met, uh, he works with two photographers pretty exclusively now and i've met one uh in london and we actually did a shoot together in london which was a lot of fun mm. um and he's absolutely right like he knows exactly the type of shots that he wants and needs for certain projects whether it be just an instagram post right the way down to you know like you know artwork for you know maybe a poster that he's yes. putting together or yeah. whatever yeah. it might be so he's he's really plugged into that I will say Lewis and I are, you know, probably, I think we've got like eight, eight years, nine years apart from each other. I'm definitely the older human. Um, and uh, however, very much cut from the same cloth of high integrity, uh, you know, putting a lot of focus on relationships and the importance of uh, making relationships that are going to last and not just kind of burning through things just for JV yeah. partners and all that kind of crap. Um, and we, yeah, we've been friends for probably close to a decade now. He's a really good guy. I love him a lot. So what just, I, I'd love to just quickly put a bow on that piece. Why <laughs> ultimately did you say, Hey, my face on the cover. And then for someone who's watching or listening to this, uh, what in your mind, what's the decision-making criteria between should I put my face or picture on the cover? Should I not? Yeah, I mean, we we knew, and when I say we, I mean my team and I, uh, and I'm, you know, only as good as the people I surround myself with day to day. I want to clarify that. So, you know, we we decided pretty early on that we were going to utilize Rise of the Youpreneur somewhat as a calling card. Um, we knew that we weren't talking about anything really super new in regards to building a personal brand intentionally. However, we did know that nobody really on in the online space specifically was really talking about it in terms of a genuine, highly profitable business, long game business model, right? Um, and it wasn't just about getting speaking gigs. That wasn't what it was about at all. It was like, you can actually build a true business ecosystem based around your experience and the people that you want to serve if you follow these you know, these strategies, these tips, et cetera, et cetera. And so the combination of one being quite unique in the field with that approach, number two, being a brand new word that I coined that nobody had ever really heard of before. And then number three, the combination of the book and the event taking place for the first time ever as well. I thought, you know what? Yeah, we're going to put a stake in the ground, but I'm going to buy the piece of land that it's sitting on as well. And the pole and I'm going to put my face on the flag and you're going to be able to see it from a mile away. And that's basically what we decided to do. Um, and it wasn't an egocentric thing or anything like that. It was just like, you know what, we're going to use it for what it's truly going to become. And that is a true full on calling card. Yeah. And uh, you know, what better way to be able to do it? Like, I mean, like, you know, it's like, I wouldn't be a very good personal brand 
coach if I didn't have chrisducker.com, for example, right? So, you know, likewise, if you're building a business based around you and your expertise and the people you want to serve, you should be front and center. It doesn't necessarily mean the business needs to be reliant on you for everything, but it should be based around you and your, and your methodology. Um, and the, the other thing was that I'm always harping on about being like unapologetically, uniquely you. Um, and, uh, you know, what you see with me is what you get. There's no smoke and mirrors. Everybody that knows yeah. me well enough knows that to be true. And so, yeah, it's a call to action. And, and you know, you look at the title, Rise of the Youpreneur. It's me saying, rise up, become a youpreneur, and let's get to work. That's great. Um, I want to I wanna quickly touch on traditional versus self-publishing. So obviously, it traditionally published the first book. It went really well. Um, why self-publish the second book and what do you see as the differences? I mean, I know you said I wanted to move faster. Um, so obviously mm -hmm. speed was one thing that's important to yes. you. What else kind of yes. went into that decision? Yeah, there were two things. Number one, speed, without a doubt, number one. Number two, control and not relinquishing any of it. I made probably pretty much every error that you could have made as a rookie author with Virtual Freedom. Um, I let them edit the book. Um, I let them have the international rights. I let them have the audiobook rights. Uh, and, you know, clearly I've regretted all of that, right? So um, when they got the first edit of the book back to me, I threw, a, like, I, I'll be man enough to admit it. I threw a complete and utter hissy fit. Like all the toys that were in my pram got through, thrown out all over the place, right? And I turned around and said, you know what? You can have your check back. I'm not publishing it like this. It ain't going to happen. I'm telling you now, it's not going to happen. And we went back and forth for about six weeks or something until I finally got the approval I wanted. So I had to fight hard for that final edit. As the author of the freaking book, that left a really sour taste in my mouth. The other thing was that... Um, they wanted the audio book done fast. When the book came out, we did incredibly well right out of the gate, like six, 7,000 copies in the first week because I'd been pushing it hard. We were pre-selling it for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. You know, I, had, I was on Lewis's show. You know, you get on the big shows like School of Greatness and all those, you know, larger shows, you know you're going to shift some books, right? And so we did really well. And I was actually in the United States on a speaking tour to promote the book and the publishers call me and they're like, we need you to get into a studio and do the audio book version. People are asking for it. And I'm like, well, I can't do that until I get back to the Philippines. I was living in the Philippines at the time. And so, you know, I, I got a great studio. I used to be in a band, like a great studio, great guy, great engineer. Like we'll rock it out in a few days and we'll get it done. Oh no, we need it done now. Well, you can't have it done now. Okay. We'll get someone else to read it. Say so what? we'll get someone else to read your book for you in audiobook version. I'm like, but I'm a podcaster. Like I do this for a living. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so um, it was brutal. Some other dude read the book. He's horrific. Um, and I, he's like got some weird personality thing going on where he kind of slips into Shakespeare from time to time. And it's just, uh, uh, please, if you listen to this, don't buy the audiobook of Virtual Freedom. Just pick up. The yeah, and you've never, you've never been able to go back and say, hey, I want to redo this. Re no. and, and to be honest with you, at this point in the journey, 
I know I'm kind of done hardcore promoting that book anyway, so it wouldn't really be worth my time. Um, but then, you know, the international rights was a big issue. They went two years and did zip, nada, zero. So I actually got them to revert, so revert those rights back to me, which was a result. And since then, it's come out in, I don't know, maybe six or seven different languages. We're, all, we're still brokering deals on that now. Rise of the Youpreneur, I wanted control of all of that, all of it. And so that's really the main reason why I self-published was to regain that control properly from the outset to get it to the market as quick as I wanted it to and kind of drop when I wanted it to drop, not by, a, not by the, you know, the, the say of somebody else, right? Um, and also, actually, as a walking, talking example of how to do a self-published book right for my students, while building the business of you. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had mm, you know, that's great. A, a number of opportunities to speak with people that have been in the publishing business for many years. And, you know, more than one occasion, somebody said to me, if I didn't notice it was self-published, I wouldn't have guessed it. Yeah. So, you know, that's, it's, you know, nice compliments like that make it all worthwhile. 100%. That's great. And I, I know we, I think we talked about that on our last chat is, is your self-published book shouldn't look self-published. Uh, and how that's super nope. important. And then also, I mean, I think the, there's great lessons in here um, for anyone, whether you're traditionally publishing or self-publishing. I mean, obviously, you can tell which camp Chris and I are in um, is, is definitely, I think it's more of a fit for most people to self-publish. But I think what's also important is you keep on, if you are traditionally publishing, pay attention to those three things that you said you, make, you made mistakes on, which is letting them edit the book, uh, giving them audiobook rights, and then international rights as well. And so pay attention to those things. Um, when you're negotiating the contract, that's super important. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. want to bring us home talking about personal branding stuff. Um, so uh, kind of final five, 10 minutes here. What, um, so what's your process? And I, I remember seeing part of your talk uh, at, at uh, Hal Elrod's event. Gosh, it's been probably two or three years ago. Uh, and yeah. it, it, it was great, man. It was, it was, you're very funny. It's very engaging. But then also I love the frameworks and the, uh, I, I love kind of the methodology that you teach. And cause I feel like a lot of times when people talk or about personal branding, it's just like, do some stuff, put your face on stuff, be you, be out. It's like just very vague. And it's like, okay, how do I sink my teeth into that? But you were teaching methodologies and kind of frameworks and stuff like that. So can you walk us through kind of the 10,000 foot view of what are some of the frameworks that you teach or what's your approach to building a personal brand and why is a book important or how is a book important as part of that picture? Well, here's the thing. I will say not everybody that wants to build a personal brand and a business around that needs a book. Not everybody, almost everybody does. Almost everybody does. So if you feel like it's really not required or particularly not required at this point in that journey, then don't stress over writing the book. Like wait until the timing is, is a little bit you know, sweeter right? Um, but really, you know, it, for me, it's like any other business. So like I've, I've, you know, started and grown and sold and bought a number of different businesses over the 16 years that I've been an entrepreneur. And there's one thing that I know to be very, 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 very true in all cases, no matter what you're doing, who you're doing it for, what industry you're in, whatever it is, right? If you don't have the foundations down, the chances are that business is not going to take off the way you want it to backed. And you don't need me to tell you that anybody with any ounce of entrepreneurial experience will, will echo those words 
in some way, shape or form. But for me, because I teach personal brand business growth, it really comes down to the the foundational of the person behind the personal brand, right? So ultimately, the big question here is, what do you want to be known for? Let that sink in, because it's about as real as it's going to get in terms of a question that you can ask yourself. What do you want to be known for? Based on that answer, you'll then have a potential blueprint in some way, shape or form that you can then go ahead and start working towards. I will say a lot of people say, well, I'm not very good at this, but I kind of want to be known for this, but I'm not very good on it. So I'm going to work on my weaknesses and not worry about my strength. No, don't bloody do that at all. That's the worst thing you can do right there is to work on your weaknesses. You delegate your weaknesses. See first book for tips on that strategy, right? (laughs) Like you delegate your weaknesses. You work on your strengths. You do the stuff that you're good at, but you do it in a way that is uniquely your own path, uniquely your own way of doing it. And if you do that and you do it with the right amount of authenticity and transparency behind it, you will slowly but surely start to develop a community of people around you that listen to your show, that watch you on YouTube, that retweet your stuff on Twitter, whatever it might be. And then once you start putting products and services in their direction that can ultimately help solve their problems, they're more likely to buy. And that's really what we do anyway, that we just present solutions to people's problems as entrepreneurs. It doesn't matter what we do. That's it, right? And so um, the foundational qualities of a personal brand entrepreneur is what do I want to be known for? What am I good at? What am I not so good at? And how can I serve the people that I want to attract into my ecosystem the best? Mm. If you can ask yourselves those two or three questions, you're off with a fighting chance. Mm, That's great. And I love those kind of guiding questions. So if I'm, if I'm wanting to build my personal brand, I'm thinking, what do I want to be known for? Um, what am I good at? What am I not good at? I'm doubling down on my strengths. Uh, I, I, you know, how, do I, how do I focus on the things and talk about the things that are going to bring the right customers into my ecosystem? Uh, and, uh, and I'm being very intentional about that. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And I think for me, that was kind of uh, thinking about, because it's always the, the personal brand, right? So personal brand versus company brand. And then how do you build for longevity? How do you not paint yourself into a corner? And so I think I've always been thinking through that as of, you know, you got Chandler Bolt as a personal brand and you've got self-publishing school as a brand. And I think in the early days, it's significantly easier to get traction as a person. <laughs> people <Absolutely>. like people. <laughs> and so I think in the very early days, it was very much like Chandler Bolt's self-publishing school. <laughs> uh, and then I think over, over time, like that helped us get really quick traction uh, and grow. And then over time, kind of like Ryan Dice has done with Digital Marketer, it's like we've been very intentional about pulling back and saying, all right, self-publishing school is the main brand and that can exist without me, um, that can mm-hmm. all those things. Uh, and so mm-hmm. I ha- I'm building an actual asset that's not tied to my name while also building my name as an asset. So I think, you know, going back and forth, between that of like, okay, how do I build Chandler Bolt's brand by the success of self-publishing school and make sure that I am prominently featured, but not so much so that if I were to ever try to sell the business or uh, if I were to value the asset or anything like that, they would say, well, yeah, we removed you and there's business here. And you use, you know, a perfect example with Ryan and and Digital Marketer, who I don't know at all. I've never met him, but... um, I will say that, you know, he's the perfect example of somebody who's done likewise myself. I've done the same thing as well. But, you know, to be frank, you're more likely 
to open an email from Ryan or Chandler or Chris compared to digital marketer. We send all of our emails from Chandler Bolt. (laughs) Yeah, for exactly that reason. And that's just fine because of that P2P philosophy, that people to people philosophy. Look, bear bear this in mind, and maybe we can close up with this because I know you're tight on time. People genuinely, really, truly do want to do business with other people. You've got to build a business based around you, but not reliant on you when you're building the business of you, right? But here's the thing, and this is like super duper key right here. If you lean into that uniqueness, particularly like me with a very kind of unapologetic approach to it, like you either love me or hate me. I say all the time, like market like a magnet, like attract the best, repel the rest. You don't need the, you know, on day 29, I have a 30 day money back guarantee. Give me my 50 bucks back. You don't need those people. You want people on day three, day four. Hey, I got the $50 product. How can I give you more money? This is so good, right? Like that's what you want. And so by doing these things, by truly leaning into that uniqueness and by focusing on that P2P connection, something magical happens. And that is that you become somebody's favorite. That's what we are all aspiring to try and do as personal brand entrepreneurs. We want to become somebody's favorite, somebody's favorite author, somebody's favorite podcaster, somebody's favorite live streamer, somebody's favorite YouTuber, whatever it is, just become somebody's favorite and the world will be a much better place because of it. Drop the mic, man. Those are amazing. I love that people do business <laughs> um, with other people, build a business based around you, not reliant on you. That's great. And I love the market like a magnet. Attract the best, repel the rest. Chris, this has been awesome. Uh, a couple of final questions here. Um, you know, knowing what you know now, so obviously multiple books, self-published, traditionally published. Uh, imagine the Chris from, gosh, what is this? You know, seven, eight, nine how many ever years ago, pre-book number one. So all of the other Chris's uh, that are out there listening to this, watching this, uh, knowing what you know now, what's your advice for those folks who are thinking about doing their first book? Uh, definitely self-publish <laughs> for a start. Um, you know, it, I don't know. I mean, on a serious note, what I will say is to, you know, don't, don't overstress about getting your first book out there. Um, and that is that, you know, it ain't going to be perfect and um, not to your standards because your, your opinion is number one in your world, right? Um, and so genuinely to not stress out over trying to, you know, get every single little bit of knowledge out of you on one particular subject, like just do the best that you can. Get the book out there, inspire people, help people, bring value to people. Hell, you can follow up with book number two. It's all good. They're going to buy it anyway, right? Um, and, you know, secondly, you know, and probably more importantly than that, is that understand that even if you're in an industry where there's a whole bunch of people roughly doing somewhat the same thing that you're doing, saying somewhat the same things that you're saying, even in your book is potentially maybe being somewhat similar to other people's books in the industry as well. Understand this, when you build the business of you, it's 100% original and it cannot be 
copied. So slither in as much of you into that entire project as you possibly can. All the stories, all the jokes, all the anecdotes, all the experiences, slam all of that into the book and it'll be 100% original. That's awesome. Love that. Well, Chris, thank you so much. Um, where can people go uh, to find out more about you, your books, your events, your business, all that stuff? Yeah, ChrisDucker.com. Hit me up at ChrisDucker on Instagram. I'm all, I'm all about the gram. And youpreneur.com uh, for anything specific to all of that journey. Awesome. Chris, thanks so much, man. Thank you, man. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Self-Publishing School Podcast. I know there's so many places that you can be spending your time. There's other podcasts that you can be listening to, YouTube channels that you can be watching. Uh, so thank you so much. It means the world. Now, I want you to do three things right now if you found this episode. All right, number one, I don't know if you know this, but we've got a YouTube channel. It's a companion channel to this podcast. All the video versions of the episode are on the YouTube channel. So number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, if you're listening to this podcast wherever, whether this is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, number two, I want you to subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, and then number three, this is probably the most important, uh, leave a review on the podcast. All right, reviews are super important and help this podcast get discovered by other people. Uh, so number three, leave a review on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. If you're on the fence about scheduling a publishing consultation call with my team, maybe you're not quite ready uh, for that, I've got some free training that I think will be really helpful for you. All right, all you have to do is go to register to sign up. Go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. When you do, you're also going to get a free digital copy of my new book, Published. And on that training, you're going to learn the next step, so how to implement with your book. So how to write, how to publish, how to launch successfully. So go to register right now at selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. I'll see you there.